What is good? Welcome to Dub Nation, the official show of the Utah Warriors of Major League Rugby. I'm Jerem Jordan. We are live on the Utah Warriors Facebook, Twitter, YouTube account. Subscribe to the podcast version on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Banksy is enjoying a beach in Mexico, but we've still got a lot on tap in this show. And guess what? It's a three-guest show because your boy is solo. We'll recap the LA game. MLR Round 17 recap. Round 18 preview at Dallas. Connor Burns will join the program, the fullback who has been starting the last couple weeks from the UK. Season finale at Dallas, we'll talk about it. Sake Tukuafu, the academy captain, they played in Southern California over the weekend. We'll talk to him. He's a USA U20 kid. Hey, World Cup uh, uh, prospect for uh, the United States. Let's go. Um, Zion going, mic'd up. It's a fun one. And Nick Colling will join us to talk about the Collegiate Rugby Shield. That's essentially an all-star game of the best college players that is going to be in Harriman. On July 2nd, Nick also happens to be the assistant GM of the Utah Warriors. But let's go back to Saturday and playing L.A. Man, we felt confident about the Warriors' ability to win this game, and they almost did. Let's walk through it. Uh, Fifth minute, Charlie Abel scores a try. That's Robbie Abel, the forwards coach for the Warriors. That's his brother for L.A. It's 7-0 L.A. And then Paul Asike scores a try in the 12th minute. Back-to-back games with a score, and it's nearly impossible to bring this guy down. I mean, that run, that inside ball, uh, where they've got to be onside, the, the ruck is formed, and you're giving the ball to the battering ram of Paul Asike, forget about it. Third try of the year, back-to-back tries in uh, consecutive weeks, 7-5. to five. Luke Carty, first game played all year for him, uh, for L.A., the starting fly half, made a penalty goal to make it 10-5 uh, to five at that point. And then this is an awesome story. Chad Goff scores a try in his final home game. He announced earlier in the week that this is it. This, this, is, the last, uh, this is the last season for him. He's going to call it after the next two weeks. And he scores a try in his final home game. I mean, you look at the smile on Captain Bailey Wilson's face right there. That's pretty cool. The line out, Wilson lays it back. Goff gets it. Great mall. Into the try zone, and Chad Goff scores. He scored a couple of times this year. He's been pretty good with that. Uh, Luke Carty tacked on another penalty goal. It's 13-12 to 12 LA in the 30th minute. And this is where the game uh, turns. 39th minute. Gets a little frayed defensively for the Warriors. Christian Poitivan scores a try. It's a great play by Billy Meeks. Luke Carty to Billy Meeks. Joe Mano with the yellow card. And Christian Poitivan uh, wins MLR Player of the Week, by the way. He scores on this play, Joe. Mono gets a yellow. It's 20 to 12 going into the sheds. And at this point, you're like, man, momentum is lost a little bit. But it is not over by far. But this is where it gets out of hand. Derek Summers was the ref on this one. And it got it got frayed, to be honest. Crowd not happy about it. Three yellow cards for the Utah Warriors coming into this match. They equal that in this, in this match. Three. They just double. So Yuri Van Vuren. Okay, we'll start with this. 42nd minute. You know, Yuri Van Vien scores a try here. Look at this. And and unlike last week, he's not going to let anyone knock this out, right? Yuri Van Vien's looking around, making sure he's good. The boys on the bench celebrate with him. That's a short-handed try because Joe Mono is in the sin bin for the last, you know, few seconds of the first half, first 10 minutes of the second half. It's 20 to 17, despite being down a man. Um, so then three minutes later, Connor Burns gets a yellow card for what was deemed, uh, you know, an intentional knock-on. 
didn't seem so to Banksy and I in our extremely biased opinion. He's in the sin bin. It's 15 on 13 for five minutes. Are you kidding me? So one minute later, Lindsey Stevens, the, the hooker for the LA Guiltini, scores a try. It's 27-17. Good news. Joe Mono comes back in. It's only 15 on 14 now. Um, and then Connor Burns comes back in. Okay, it's even for like seconds. Niall Saunders, the backup scrum half in this game, gets a yellow card. It's like, are you kidding me? Andrew Tuala scores a try, 58th minute, 32-17. Feeling tough against the MLR champs, the number one team in the West, the LA Guiltinis. Granted, a team that Utah beat in LA in March. Okay, Can the comeback kids do it? They almost did. Ali Khalifi scores a try, 68th minute. 32-27 after this. Ali Khalifi, the Eagles, so much experience, two-time MLR champ on the Seattle Seawolves. Okay, then. We're in business at this point. And still time, 13 minutes left. One score game. What's up? Two minutes later, unfortunately, a great chip. Honko Hermeshais, the uh, USA Eagle, ends up scoring the game winner on a play in the corner. 39-27. 79th minute now. Joe Mano scores another try. Joe Mano is your leader in tries on this team, and he's only played like five games. I mean, Joe Mano has been like Miley Cyrus coming in on a wrecking ball. I mean, uh, in a jersey, luckily. Uh, it's been amazing what Joe Mano has done for this team. So then, uh, in extra time, the Warriors have the ball, and if they can go down and score and convert uh, the, the, the try, it's a tie game. And it just throws a wrench into the West standings with LA and Austin and Houston in the playoffs and who's getting that one seed and by. Unfortunately, the Warriors knock it on and that's your final score, 39-32 as we take a look at some of the stats in this one. Same amount of tries, five each. The conversions and the penalty goals end up being the difference. Really, the difference was yellow cards. But uh, in the actual scoring, it was the kicks, right? More tackles for LA. They had to to defend a lot. Lineouts, pretty good. Scrums, perfect. Top two uh, scrummaging teams in the league, by the way, in scrums and scrums one. A couple game notes on this one. Most points in a loss this year. Put up a bunch of points. Sometimes uh, points were lacking and it was tough. And it's like, no, Utah scored uh, five tries in this one. Seventh loss this year by seven or fewer. I think that's probably the main storyline of this season for the Utah Warriors is this team was not getting, uh, you know, beat handily they were in a lot of these games play here play there makes a huge difference right season split with la road teams uh won single digits and how about this 20 of utah's 37 losses in the existence of the club by seven or less this is this is a team that competes really well and plays with if they lose it's tight right it's tight third game this season with a combined 70 points in the game dallas ATL and LA there's been, there have been like 11 in the five years so we've had some barn burners this year man of the match in this one Chad Goff really cool photo with his family before the match get some ear uh you know earplugs for that that kid next time here two defenders beaten scored the tries we mentioned 10 tackles pretty cool the Chad Goff the former Utah Ute and Indiana Hoosier in his final home match gets the man of the match that's pretty cool man and he's also the only Utah warrior in the first 15 of uh, MLR. Cool that the league gave him that as well. Gets the hooker nod on the first 15. Congratulations to Chad Goff. So 39-32, the final with LA. 
in week 17. Let's take a look at some of the scores from around the league. Seattle beat Houston 43-36. This was on uh, Friday night. Seattle wins, but they really lose because Houston got two bonus points, the second of which came on a penalty going extra time to get another bonus point, and they clinched a playoff spot knocking Seattle out. So like a really weird scene at uh, Starfire Stadium there in Seattle. As Seattle wins, but they're knocked out of the playoffs. Atlanta knocked Toronto out of the playoffs, 34-23 Saturday afternoon. L.A. Uh, continues to keep the pace as the number one seed in the West, although they've got to secure that this week. Austin beats San Diego, still vying for that number one seed. It's tight. We'll show you the standings in a moment. New York and D.C., 59-49, the highest combined scoring game in MLR history, and a New York record, 59 points. And then New England, they've been on form, 57 points in a blowout over NOLA, who is, it's, uh, when you look at the power rankings around the league, you know, it's it's Dallas 13th, NOLA 12th, uh, probably D.C. 11th, and then Utah's been considered kind of 10th, although ask Rugby ATL, uh, you know, in Austin, uh, if they're the 10th best team in the league the last couple of weeks. And even L.A., right? But Utah's found some real form here at the end of the season. Unfortunately, it was it was a little too late to uh, make a playoff run. Okay, we take a look at the standings, starting in the West. Utah, obviously, with 28 points there. Um, just a couple games, uh, you know, off the pace here of, of competing for a spot and being in the 40s. The top three seeds, all the playoff spots, are clinched. Um, but we don't know the seeds. So the spots are there. We know these are the three playoff teams, but it could be, um, you know, Houston is in. They can't get the one seed. They're too many points behind at this point. But L.A. and Austin, it it could be Austin as one seed. Now, a reminder for the the playoffs coming up or the championship series, as they call it. The one seed gets a home game in the second round in the conference championship. Uh, hosting the winner of the 2-3 game. The two-seed hosts the three. Pretty simple. You get it. So we'll see what happens this week uh, in the West for the seeding because it's coming down to the wire, and it's pretty interesting. Utah is playing Dallas, of course, who is yet to win, and Utah is hoping to make sure there's a big donut on there in the win column uh, for Dallas. Okay, in the East, New England uh, has clinched the one seed. They will get the bye. They will get to host. They look like the best team in the league. We'll see. Right in the uh, should they make it to the final in the MLR championship series, Atlanta and New York? It's coming down to the wire, just like in the West. All three of those spots are clinched, and again, the two and three will be debated this weekend. Toronto knocked out over the weekend, NOLA NDC right there. Okay, so it comes down to the last week of the regular season, round 18, 16 games in 18 weeks. Man, it's been a slog, but it's been awesome. Loved it. Okay, Rugby ATL against NOLA. New England and New York. That's a huge one. Does New England mail it in a little bit and rest some guys? Does New York perhaps get some points that secures a home game in the playoffs? We'll see. That's big time. If you're Rugby ATL, you're hoping New England throws the starters out there, but they don't need to. They've locked up that one seat. Houston and Austin in part of the Texas Cup. Again, they're, Houston's vying for a, a two-seed um, at, at best against Austin. So that's a huge game at Aviva Stadium there and their massive tri-zone. Dallas and Utah, we'll talk about that one. No playoff uh, implications there, but Dallas trying to avoid going winless in its expansion year. Toronto, D.C., no playoff implications. 
but uh, playing for pride there in Canada. And L.A. and Seattle, L.A. is trying to lock up the one seed. Seattle is knocked out of the playoffs. How hard do they go, right? Playoff implications in four of the six. So there's only two that have nothing to do with playoffs. Unfortunately, Utah and Dallas is one of those. So that wraps up the look at round 18 in Major League Rugby. Okay, next week, we're going to do a season recap uh, on Dub Nation. Uh, that includes what happens next uh, Monday. There's, the team's going to have a banquet. Banksy and I are going to emcee that. It's going to be a ton of fun. We did it last year. And uh, we'll tell you the award winners from team voted awards, uh, not to mention recapping Dallas, giving our thoughts on the season. Then after that, we'll go about every other week, about 20 to 25 minutes, and still give you info and opinion throughout the offseason. At some point, some new signings will be announced, right? And uh, we'll get into that throughout the offseason. Then we'll get back into it, uh, you know, in, in January, February, as we get ready for next season. So make sure you follow the Utah Warriors on social media to get the latest for uh, fresh info, Dub Nation, and uh, other entertaining videos in the offseason. Uh, the social media homies do a great job. Okay, let's bring in our first of three guests tonight. His name is Connor Burns. He's a rookie out of Lindenwood, and gosh, he's been good. He's starting at fullback the last couple of weeks, and we we needed a guy from the UK on the show, so we were like, we know Connor Burns. Let's bring him in. Connor, welcome to the program, and thanks for joining me. I'm feeling pretty lonely. I need I needed some uh, some friendship here. So what's going on, brother? Hello, how are you? I'm feeling better uh, now that yeah. you're here. Let's <laughs> let's talk about the LA game. That that was really emotional because you had final home game. You had Chad Goff, right, and you had a great crowd. You had the military uniforms. You had the MLR champs in town. Like that was a big game. What was it like last week to prepare for that game and then kind of get out on the pitch where there was a lot of energy? Oh, it was, it was amazing. I think uh, the boys were really excited for their last home game. Uh, we knew the fans would be coming in hot. Um, my parents actually came out for that game as well, so it was a nice. pretty big deal for me. Um, but yeah, it was a really exciting game to be a part of. It's just a shame it didn't go the way we wanted. Um, but yeah, I think it was a really tough game, both sides, to be honest. It's it's a physical game. They're extremely talented. They've they've got uh, obviously uh, you know Wallabies and and everybody showing up, but. You guys certainly were, were in it. And the fact that it's 39-32 despite three yellow cards and two that overlapped, including, you know, yours, which we'll talk yeah. about in a second, that was quite the effort. Did, um, you guys probably aren't taking moral victories from it, but what did you guys take from that match of knowing, hey, it's only like one card or maybe it's no cards? Like, do we win? Um, definitely, I think. You know, the whole theme afterwards was just the amount of effort from the boys after that game. It really, I think we showed our heart out there, even though, you know, how many yellow t yellow cards we got. Um, I think we really showed a performance that we could be proud of. I'm guessing you think you didn't deserve a yellow card in your intentional knock-on. Yeah, I think it's a bit of a 50-50 one there. I, think, <laughs> uh, I, I try to go for it, you know, if I grab that, I'm taking it to the house and it's seven points. But I know. Yeah, That's unfortunately, I didn't grab right? it. And, uh, yeah, so... At that point, it's super subjective, right? It's like, does the TMO and does the ref think that was intentional? And was it cynical, right, is a phrase they use often. <sighs> yeah, we disagreed. Banksy got pretty fired up about that one. And it comes at a time where you're already down a man. So Joe's on the bench, but you guys come out of halftime and you score a try. Like, at that point, what, what are you guys feeling like before, before you're yellow? Like, you guys score and cut it to three. Yeah, definitely. I think everyone was excited about that one. It really put a, kind of changes your momentum in the game, even with one down. 
You know, you're thinking, oh, I can score a try of 14, yeah. man. Imagine in five minutes what it's going to be like with 15. Um, but yeah, just a just a bit annoying. You know, I've got that yellow card and he went down to 13 for us. But yeah, it's tough. Have you played in a game where you're down two guys, not not just one, but two? Not really often, no. Um, yeah, normally <laughs> just 14. But yeah, that was a bit of a weird one. I was waiting for a third one. I was just like, if you can have two, you can have three. What's going on here? This is crazy. Um, what was it like to wear those military uniforms? Obviously, you're not a United States citizen, but like donning the red, white, and blue um, to honor the Thunderbirds. And I love rugby because it has so many people from different cultures, but you guys embrace each other. What was it like to wear another alternate uniform, but this one had a little more kind of United States patriotic vibe? Oh, definitely. I was talking to some of the boys afterwards. I was like, yeah, it's my first taste of freedom. Um, yeah, so <laughs> wearing the red, white, and blue. So, um, yeah, they were great. Great jerseys. That's funny. But but God save the queen, right? Yeah, obviously. 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 Come on. Come on. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Michael Almoro, who's like the superest Utah Warriors fan of all time. He has more jerseys than the team. He just weighed in on YouTube. He said, great season, Connor. Too bad you got that yellow. That was a bad officiating call. Glad to get your jersey. Oh, he got your jersey. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he messaged me or told yeah. me right after the game. He's like, yeah, I've just got your jersey. I was like, wait, do you want it now? You know, take it off for him now. And I was on the sideline. Nice. You're like, yeah, Here, you got it. <laughs> yeah, now you buy it back from him. No, I'm just playing. <laughs> okay, so obviously, um, you know, an emotional game. What was, it, what was it like in the locker room after, as you guys knew? Okay, that was our final home game in front of Dub Nation, who, let's be honest, Connor, like, you, you've been you've played in this league now a year. You've gone on the road and kind of seen what's out there. Does it feel like a lot of teams kind of rival what Utah can muster? Seattle does a really nice job. There's some other good crowds as well, but like Utah's special. Like, what have you seen about our fans that makes us unique? I think it's just unbelievable the amount of people that are coming out to games as well. Um, and I also love how they stick around no matter win or lose. You know, they're saying thanks and you know encouraging us. We're behind you. Um, yeah, it's just the love and support the guys stay around afterwards and give us, to be honest, you know, you don't really see that, like, especially on the road, you don't see many people sticking around, to be honest, to thank their their teams. And you come to Utah, and I'm sure the teams that come here are pretty scared of the crowd, and, uh, yeah, the decision goes the other way. Refs might start being scared of the crowd after this last game, too, right? <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. It's like a bit of a soccer game, to be honest. They- Right, they were making uh, they were making their sort of voice known. Right, that again, freedom. Yeah. Hey, we're Obviously. we're gonna voice our displeasure here. We're talking to Connor Burns, uh, rookie fullback for the Utah Warriors. We we talked after you got drafted um, about kind of uh, you know that process. So since then to now, kind of how have you evolved as a player? What have you what have you learned about yourself, about Major League Rugby, about the Warriors since then? Um. I hope just developed a lot of confidence. Like, obviously, getting drafted, you just don't really know. Oh, can I compete at this level? Um, you know, what what's everyone else like and that thing. And I mean, I've just really enjoyed the the boys and the and the staff here. Really, it's like kind of a brotherhood. Um, you know, you see each other basically every day, and and yeah, and it shows on the pitch. You know, the more close you are with your team and people around you, the better performance you're going to have. Um, but yeah, it's just probably a big confidence booster for me. And you've deserved it. Uh, you've been thrown into the starting lineup. The Warriors have gone with this sort of like super bench, which has been awesome. Like it's crazy to bring in three Eagles and Gene yeah. International and the MLR player of the year, Mikey Teo, which, um, you know, is awesome. He's been playing fullback and coming in for you. That's 
that's a unique setup. What's it been like for you to to be the starter and then in comes the amazing braids and skill of Mikey Tail? I mean, it's unreal. Mikey just, you know, he helps me a lot. Um, he's just got a lot of um, experience, I think, and, and the vision he has on the field is just unbelievable. He sees, you know, things two seconds faster than everyone else. Um, but yeah, Mikey's been really helpful for me. He's just been guiding me, basically, whenever I've been playing or not. And he cannot be um, he cannot be tackled uh, f- first off by one person it feels like and where like where he is he is going to get like at least two meters yeah like, it's definitely. unbelievable right yeah definitely he's always one on ones he's he's beating that first guy no matter what you know so. his fend is so he's so strong and quick and yeah it's just crazy I love watching Mikey play okay um, what did you expect MLR to be versus what you've seen. Now that you've played almost a full season, um, I thought it'd be a lot more like um, like you see compared to like the Premiership or overseas, like a lot of people it's really fast paced game, and uh, coming here, yeah, it's definitely up there. Um, it's just I don't know, it's, I don't know how to describe it. It's just maybe a bit difference of game planning or something, but or maybe skill set or something. But yeah, it's been really good me coming in the league. I think I've really enjoyed playing, and especially the boys around me have helped me a lot. Obviously, it's a melting pot of you know people from all over the world uh, that come play here. But talk to me about kind of American players and what you've been impressed with as rugby grows here. And then what's like the next step, in your opinion, uh, for American players in rugby? Because when we look at soccer, it's like, hey, if you want to be an elite soccer player, you don't go play college. You have to go to Europe, right, and get in the academies and like grow up. And then you have like 10,000 hours, as the book says, of all these touches and you have all this skill. What's what's your opinion as a dude from the UK who's been in the US for college and kind of seen rugby evolve? Yeah, definitely. I think like soccer is one of those sports where you got to be like 15 or 16 and you start developing. But I found, you know, coming to uni over here has been unbelievable for development. To be honest, you got that four years of growth, finding out what your strengths are, you know, how is it your speed? Is it your strength and find the right position for you? And, and just given that four years at uni for development um, for a lot of like, American players definitely here who who have picked it up maybe at 16-year-olds or 17, 17 years old, whereas we're playing like, you know, four or five, which is a big difference. Um, right. Um, but, yeah, definitely. I think universities are a big catch for everyone if they want to go develop their skills and everything. In like 20 years, someone's going to say, oh, I did the Junior Warriors with Ashley Burge and now I'm in MLR. Like we're going to oh, have yeah, that. Definitely. We're going to have that at some point. It's going to be awesome where it's like, yes, I was playing when I was little and here we are. Yeah. One day it'll be awesome. Okay. Uh, talk to us about uh, the final game of the season at Dallas. Obviously you guys want to go in, you put up 69 points at home. How do you not just assume you're going to do the same thing um, and make sure you're ready to go because Dallas has played a lot of people tough. They haven't gotten that win quite yet, but how do you avoid just assuming you can just show up and, and dominate? Uh, I think we all know that this is the one where Dallas are going to be going like this is our last game. You know we need to get a win this season, kind of thing. And they're all going to bring they're going to bring everything they got, so we can't be going in there thinking you know going to win and everything. But yeah, I think they had a few injuries out as well, so a lot of their boys are back playing. So yeah, it'll be a good contest I think this Saturday, and we're we're ready for it. Looking forward to it, and we'll preview that in uh, just a minute. Well, Connor, congratulations on uh, all the success. Shout out to Lindenwood, right? Yeah, to the, the to the homies in Missouri, yeah. which is awesome. So uh, thanks for joining the show, and uh, good luck on uh, Saturday against Dallas. Thanks, guys.
Absolutely. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Connor Burns. Connor Burns, right? Uh, he got his first taste of freedom, he said, with the jerseys. That's fantastic. <laughs> That's fantastic. Good stuff. Okay, uh, this will be our fifth year holding the country's first community-based recreational co-ed touch rugby league. Yeah, let's go. Games begin Wednesday, July 13th. They run weekly every Wednesday evening, 7 to 9.30 for 10 weeks. Games will be held at the, uh, held at the soccer training fields behind Zions Bank Stadium. And uh, 2023 Warriors season tickets for each team, $1,000 in cash prizes to be won. Hey, sign up, touch.warriorsrugby.com. That's touch.warriorsrugby.com. Let's preview Utah and Dallas, the 16th game in 18 weeks, coming up on Saturday at 6 Mountain Time on KJAZ. You can stream it as well on kslsports.com and the Rugby Network Radio. We got you on Cool FM 105.5 and ESPN 960. A couple of storylines in this one. Niall Saunders won't be playing first off. Got the red card. <laughs> That's the first thing. Second ever match with Dallas. Okay, earlier in the season, 69 points, which at the time was a Major League Rugby record. That was broken later. The Jackals are an expansion team, as we mentioned, newest in MLR. They're looking for their first win, 0-15. They have a negative 526-point differential. That is not ideal. Uh, they have four points, right? Some bonus points a couple of times. Uh, they lead MLR in penalties, yellows. They're tied for first with 11 cards. So, uh, listen, Utah suddenly went from three to six. So, who knows? But Dallas, a team, like I mentioned, they have played teams tough. They have not gotten that win. And, uh, you know, Utah needs to make sure they're ready for that. And go in, get a win, and, uh, you know, walk out and say, all right. This certainly wasn't the, the season we wanted, but uh, we had a really nice finish to the season with uh, winning in three or four. That's that's what we hope happens. A couple of players to watch. Michael Matarazzo uh, leads the team in uh, minutes played. That guy is always on the pitch. Conrado Rora, the number eight, he leads the team in like everything. Tries, carries, meters run, dominant tackles, very physical number eight. Adrian Carelsi. Car- uh, the fly half, 12 of 18 conversion. He's the guy that has the boot on his foot a, a lot. I believe he's a former Sabercat. And Bronson Tellis leads the team in tackles. He is physical as well. So keep an eye on those guys. Uh, should be a fun game coming up on Saturday at 6 Mountain Time. Uh, we will have the call on the radio for that one, but you can stream it and uh, watch it as well. And uh, TV on KJS. Okay, let's bring in our second guest of the program. He's the captain of the U18 Academy team for the Utah Warriors. He's also a national champion out of Harriman High. Sake Tukuafu joins the program, and he's got that fresh lettuce going tonight. Sake, what's going on, man? How you doing? I'm good, good. How you doing, Dan? I'm great. Dude, look look at the fit right now. The oh. Bulls repping? Like, did you <laughs> get drafted by the Chicago Bulls? What's going on here? Oh, man, they've been my favorite team of all time since I could remember. So That's I'm awesome. And that's like the modern Bulls, because you were probably too, you know, were you even alive for Jordan, bro? No, but I grew up watching all of his games. So. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> love it. It was it was fun. Pe- pe- people that love LeBron more than Jordan, I'm like, you didn't watch that. That tells me you didn't watch Jordan. Like, I'm a Jordan guy. Obviously, my last name and whatever. But, like, <laughs> so I appreciate that, man. That's awesome, dude. Okay, so let's talk about uh, kind of who you are and what you've been doing. So, you're a kid that plays on the the U18 academy team for the Warriors. You won the Natty with Harriman. 
you're, you're repping, man. You're repping Harriman, it feels like. What's what's life like right now as a, a successful rugby player? Uh, I feel pretty good, honestly. Uh, right now, we're just getting ready for graduation tomorrow, you know, at Harriman High School. So, Congrat- Are you you're graduating tomorrow? Yep. Congratulations. Thank what? you. What? Uh, what a what a time for you! Yep, can't wait to be done. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, no, it, that's a big deal. That's cool, man. And well, yeah. uh, let's talk about the background. That's not for graduation. That's for your sister's birthday. I understand. Oh yes, yes it is. <laughs> Her birthday was back at like May third, and it's like June first now. So no matter. All right, you know. Yeah, just eh, have a good time. <laughs> Whatever. It's festive, man. It's festive. That's awesome. Okay, so uh, where are you from originally? What's your kind of journey to the uh, to Harriman, and and are you from Harriman and and the academy? Uh, so I was born and raised in Doma, and we came we came here to Hawaii. We flew out on Hawaii uh, in March 2020 to visit my sister, who's going to serve a LDS mission. And the week we're supposed to go back, the borders closed. So instead of going back to Toma, we flew here to Utah, and we've been here ever since. <laughs> wow. So kind of junior, maybe maybe end of sophomore, and then junior and senior year yep. at Herman, something like that? Yep. Wow. What what was that like? Because obviously, uh, have you been back to Tonga since? No, not yet. The borders are still closed. Do you miss it? Yeah. <laughs> Island life. Yeah, that man. Not being home for that long would be crazy. Okay, so you come here. Did you, I assume you grew up playing rugby in Tonga? Yep, yep. Okay. I grew up. Uh, so I grew up playing rugby league. Mm-hmm. Okay. Until I was until uh, we moved out here. Yep. So you got used to union. You... Yep, yep, yep. So uh, playing my junior year here in Harriman was my was basically my first year playing in union. Your first I, year. Yep, it was an adjustment. All right. <laughs> yeah, and you're like, hey, let's just win a national championship. Like, we're, let's go. Was uh, Tomasi Tonga on your team? Uh, no. So he graduated 2016. Oh, he's that old? I thought he was younger. Yeah, okay. Oh, yeah, he's kind of old. He's young. So don't don't yeah. tell him I said that. Yeah, yeah. He'll never, he'll never find out. This isn't even, uh, you know, live on the internet or, or being replayed on the radio at all. Uh, okay, awesome. So you're, you're, a, you're a fly half in a center. And I, I talked to your coach, Ashley Burge, um, and she was very, uh, said some very nice things about you. She said that you play with a chip on your shoulder, that, that a lot of times you are uh, doubted, you know, for your size, but that you kind of rise up in that moment and answer that. Is that an accurate description of sort of where you come from? Yeah, well, mostly accurate. Uh, when I was 15, uh my dad was coaching the U15's national team for Tonga, and we, we we went on a tour to Australia. And uh, yeah, my dad told me that there was a lot of doubt between that selection for me at Flaff. Uh, and every, he just told me that you know it doesn't matter how many people doubt you; it's what you do with that doubt. And it's just stuck with me ever since. So. That's awesome. You gotta you gotta have a certain motivation. Uh, did you watch the Last Dance on Netflix about oh, Michael yes. Jordan? I watched it when it came out. Oh, so good, right? I think we all did. We were just bored. We're like, oh yeah, <laughs> yeah I would have watched it no matter what. But especially then, I was like, this is like, 
the series yeah. finale of the biggest TV show of all time or something, you know? Um, yeah. Michael Jordan in that, remember? He just, he said, and I took that personally. Like, he grabbed whatever thing he needed to be motivated, right? Which is yeah. interesting. Everyone's, and that's that's yours, it sounds like. Okay, tell us about the Academy team for the Utah Warriors. You guys went on the road. Um, crazy travel sequence is what I heard, you know, but you guys show up and play a bunch of games. I know you wanted to win more, but kind of how the team play and how the development of some of those young guys go. Uh, uh, it was, yeah, definitely crazy travel. Uh, we had to play a game the same day we got there. And I think that took a toll on the boys. Uh, but we came out on Sunday and with the mindset that, you know, we weren't going to go back without a win. And even though we lost our first game, um, you know, we were able to, you know, put click that switch, you know, click that switch on for the next game to, uh, you know, just play with a chip on our shoulder. And a lot of us, we aren't really too used to playing with each other yet. We haven't really had much time to deal in with each other, being the season just ending. But uh, I feel like the more we play together and as a unit, uh, you know, our team would be really dangerous. Absolutely. We're talking to Sake Tukuafu, the captain of the Utah Warriors U18 Academy team. What did it mean to you to be the captain of that group? Oh, it's it's an honor. You know, um, to be selected as captain or a leader of any group is an honor. But uh, to be a leader of these, you know, these men that have bright futures ahead of them, you know, it's just, it's surreal. It's, you know, it's truly an honor. It's awesome, man. Uh, I, I would hope you'd walk around with that Chicago Bulls jacket on and be like, this is how we're going to, this is the drip we need for this group to succeed, <laughs> right? This, yep. this is what we need. Okay, so uh, Ashley said you played for the USA U20 team? Oh, correct. That's awesome. What what uh, What's in your future, man, uh, with, with rugby? Because it sounds like it's pretty bright. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um... Right now, the Warriors are really are definitely an option. You know, I was grateful to have the opportunity to practice with them for a little bit. It was a great atmosphere. Uh, play with the academy, play with the USA Eagles, the U20s, and uh, hopefully make it onto the U20s Amsterdam tour uh, this July. But uh, I think as of right now, it's just we're just gonna go with the flow. We'll see. We'll see what happens. That's awesome. And then, uh, hey, in nine years or earlier, well, in nine years, maybe a World Cup in the U.S., huh? <laughs> Sounds like a plan. That'd be awesome. That'd be awesome. It's that coming here, awesome. which, is pretty, which is pretty cool. Um, uh, Ashley said that you guys were at the Olympic Training Center as well, and they're like gold medalists walking around in track and whatnot in different sports. Like, what was that like? Oh, yeah. It's, was that it was Sunday? pretty crazy. It was pretty crazy. Seeing growing up as a kid and watching the Olympics – because uh, back home in Thong, track and field is pretty big out there. So growing up watching the Olympics, seeing all these track and field athletes, you know, the U.S. being very dominant in that in that event, uh, and then coming here and seeing those people in person, you know, it's it's crazy to me. <laughs> I never never thought growing up on an island that I'd be able to see them in real life. That's and, uh, that's a pretty cool experience. No matter where you're from, yeah, yeah. that's awesome, man. That's cool. <laughs> Well, congratulations on uh, all the success. And I know you guys uh, put in some good work down in Southern California. And, and uh, you know, you dealt with, with the the hand you were dealt, but you, you played well. And congrats on your sister's birthday uh, a month ago. 
and graduating high school tomorrow, bro. Congratulations. That's so exciting. Thank you. Been, Thanks been for about four years. <laughs> Seriously. You started in Tonga and there's a pandemic and you're, here you are, a national champ, an academy kid, and you just got drafted by the Chicago Bulls. It's just crazy. So, Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> and thanks for joining the show, man. Nice to meet you. Thank you, Jared. Sake Tukuafu on uh, Dub Nation. Man, man, he's graduating high school tomorrow. He's got the drip. Dude, I'm jealous, man. I'm getting old over here. I can't, I can't wear a jacket like that. Look like that. That's pretty awesome, man. Speaking of drip, Zion going. He's got a great name. Uh, he's got a great game. He's been awesome for the Warriors, starting at scrum half. Last several games, joined the team midseason, jumped in the starting lineup, been a spark down the stretch, helping beat Atlanta, Austin, nearly L.A. Here's Zion mic'd up at practice. You want to be mic'd? I'd like to take your hat. No, no. Where'd you get all this hat from, man? Any other boys want to stop with a 3XL? That's real nice. Look at the stooge, mate. Look at the stooge. Yeah, boys, I got the mic, so we can't cover the mic. Hey, Ashley Birch, have you got a problem with New Zealanders? Yeah. Say it now. Mate, don't, don't put that in, all right? I'm going to get in trouble. Come on. Hey, we're just here with the best SNC coach ever. What do you want to say to them, mate? I love you. I love my team. I love Zion. He's yeah. a man of his word, and he does his, uh, he does his work in gym. Yuri, Yuri, hit the bench, boss. Come on. Oh, how many touches are you giving, sir? The bench is still warm from last time. Up the mighty runners, mate. All day. Mate, it's go time right now, mate. It's I love Zion, the diamond. Look at him, glistening. He said it, not me. Zion going. He's been a fun addition, good personality. If you follow the program, you know that uh, his wife had their second child here a couple weeks ago. He's been here. He's been here. So uh, hopefully here soon, he's going to be able to go home and uh, hang out with his family, which would be pretty awesome. Well, join us on July 2nd in the parking lot uh of of the team store at zions bank stadium uh where we're going to have uh you know the 2022 gear we're gonna we're gonna get rid of it okay come get it you can shop on sh shop.warriorsrugby.com you can also come get it physically in harriman zions bank stadium on july 2nd when harriman hosts the collegiate rugby shield which brings us to our third and final guest one of the most interesting men in the world nick calling the assistant gm of the utah warriors and the founder of the Collegiate Rugby Shield. He is on Dub Nation. Nick, what's up, man? How you doing? How's it going, Jerem? Thanks for having me. It's good. Uh, oh, is that? Okay, who has signed your Tampa Bay helmet there? Let's oh, talk. I think we all know. Look the at you. One and only. Look, did you, yeah. How much did you pay for that? It was a birthday, actually graduation gift. So nice. I don't fully know and I don't want to know. Um, thank you because <laughs> I got it for me, yeah. That's awesome, man. That's amazing. Well, thanks for joining that. No, just kidding. Um, okay, let's talk about uh, the Collegiate Rugby Shield, which is a massive deal coming to Utah. It's going to be on FS1. It's at Zions Bank Stadium. It's at Harriman. You're the founder of this. Tell us more about what this is. Yeah, so I think the best way to look at it is through the lens of what American sports fans know with the NFL and kind of their pre-draft rituals that they do every year, which they have the NFL Combine, which there's going to be other combines for the MLR draft. But more importantly, they also have the Senior Bowl. And so this is kind of pulling a trick out of that hat in which we're going to have some of the top players from collegiate rugby here in Harriman, Utah, 
at Zions Bank Stadium to play in a match that's going to be nationally televised and really hoping to showcase their talent in front of all the MLR teams. That's that's really cool. Um, Has this been going for a couple of years now, or is this the first one? This is an inaugural event. This is the first of its kind. Uh, There's been nothing else in college rugby in this kind of transition to the MLR or any professional rings. And we've got a lot of positive reception from it, from MLR teams, and then even people with the USA Eagles and looking at possible players to come through there. For example, Tavite Lopetti, who was drafted last year, he went straight from being drafted to the USA Eagles and then joined the Seattle Seawolves. Mm-hmm. So who knows? Uh, maybe we'll be seeing somebody playing in uh, Zions Bank Stadium this uh, upcoming month, I guess. And uh, hopefully they can make their ways to an Eagles roster. Not, maybe not this year, but in years to come. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, I mean, these these are kids that in theory w- could be the, the veterans on the uh, USA World Cup team in the U.S. Uh, yeah, that's- that we got. Let's yeah, as we, as we say, is that it starts at the Shield. It starts here in Harriman City, uh, here within the Utah Warriors organization. Then from there, all the way up to the World Cup in 2031. Yeah, that's exciting. So um, you, you mentioned the Senior Bowl. There's like practices. Yeah, there's some drills, like a lot of scouts, a lot of teams come in. Is that sort of the – that's kind of the vibe you want to – Yeah, have? exactly. This is ultimately like a event to – push professional development like for example with someone like connor burns he's an individual we talked to as well as his other rookie teammates like colson warner emerson Pryor, and joey Baki. it's like what did you want to know coming into the mlr draft that you didn't know what type of things did you want teams to know about you that they didn't know uh, those type of things that are crucial to front offices and selecting these players and so we wanted to provide an area for them to showcase those things for teams to be able to ask questions and also for them to just learn what it means to be a professional rugby player. So being in practice environment for a few days before this event, uh, coached by some of the top collegiate and uh, pathways of international pathway coaches, uh, moving them into this direction of a professional mindset as they go from being in obviously the college ranks to MLR or anything past that. That's awesome. And it makes me think, whoa, why haven't we had this before? Because it seems like such a great idea. That's what innovation does. You think, why didn't we do this before? But uh, yeah, here we are. So it's going to be, you know, uh, it sounds like June 29th, people coming to town. Then July 2nd, there's kind of a, a game that people can go to. Exactly. So players will get in actually June 28th. Uh, June 29th will be the first practice, like you said. So we'll have a few trainings, the 29th, the 30th, and the 1st. Uh, we'll go from there into then divvying out the squads and then having the event, full 15s match, full 80 minutes. Uh, there's actually going to be two rosters of 25, so 50 total players. So we're doing even more than just a 23-man roster that really get as many players as we can here to showcase their talent because that's what it is. It's about making sure that they have the best footing to get to that next level. And it'll be fun to watch because we've seen in the, uh, in the league rookies have an impact. Let's talk about the Warriors rookies who did. You mentioned them, Connor Burns, Emerson Pryor. They have started the last several weeks. Joey Baki has contributed. Colson Warner scored 
uh, I think, the 100th try, I think, in uh, uh, team history, which is super cool. Um, rookies have come in and played a role. What, how much, uh, you know, will this help, obviously, the Warriors and all MLR teams to try and do what the Warriors have done this year, which is we drafted guys and they play? Yeah, it's really that opportunity to build out the draft to be something that you can actually – it's not going to end up being a piece in which a team just willingly gives up a first-round draft pick. Like, if we look at any negotiations for NBA draft, NFL draft, these picks are worth quite a bit of dough for teams. They give up a lot of assets for some of these picks. So that's the hope is getting it to the point where it's like, hey, like, there's quality talent out there, and you don't have to go out and try to find them in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I apologize to uh, Connor Burns about this, but uh, St. Charles, Missouri, and uh, try to find them there where you can just watch them all in one place here at Zions Bank Stadium, or if you can't make it, on FS1. Listen, Lindawood's putting out a ton of people, right? They're 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 doing a great job uh, creating pros here. Okay. They're putting um, themselves on the map. Yes. Uh, yes. We all know St. Charles now. Like yes. rugby, rugby in St. Charles is a thing now, right? Which is awesome. Okay. So is there anything else uh, about the Collegiate Rugby Shield that people need to know about? Uh, I think the one of the most exciting parts is uh, – We've got what specifically Utah people like the most because I'm born and raised here in Utah, and I know people love their fireworks. So if you want to catch a great show on the pitch, wait for After Dark, and uh, we'll have some fireworks. And then also you can come also see our last guest, Saki. He will be playing with the rest of the Utah Warriors Academy team, and they'll play a North versus South Academy, which – the Southern Academy was just launched recently uh, for Southern parts of Utah and even down into Nevada as well. Very cool. That'd be awesome. I can't wait to watch him play uh, in person as well. This is going to be fun. Okay. I did want to ask you about as the assistant GM of the Warriors, what kind of off season timeline and needs uh, have you guys talked about as you assess what you want to get into before 2023? Uh, right now, the whole entire major thought is, this week, like we need to get through this week and this week only. That's our only thought process is to go in, have a good showing for Dub Nation against Dallas. And then after that, we'll begin to have those discussions. Uh, we really think that we can showcase that this season was just a minor speed bump and we're still on a good path going forward. But uh, we'll get to that in a couple of weeks from now. What do you feel like was the cause of the speed bump? Because there were certainly injuries and execution, obviously, and the as as uh, the front office. Like, what do you pinpoint and go? Okay, we we know that this is correctable. Yeah, so there's a lot of stuff. Like, it was tough. Uh, I think it's tough to put it on this, but COVID nineteen still had a lot of impact. We were meant to go play a few preseason matches, but we were basically canceled at the very last moment with some of these teams because we couldn't be, we wouldn't, we weren't able to travel to where we were supposed to and the teams weren't able to put out an entire team. And so it really stagnated us there. Like we were trying to learn as we were go going and it was just tough, but hopefully we got the right things in place for the season that that won't be the case. Uh, I think the MLR is also working on a preseason match schedule that it won't just be up to the teams this do those type of scheduling events that will actually have things scheduled out through them more. And it makes it tough because obviously uh preseason in January, February, 
You tell where he's got to go trail. You just it is what it is. You don't yeah, want to, you don't want to play in ten degree weather in the snow. Yeah, I mean, I don't care to be here in Utah much when it's uh, January, February. So who wants to go out and watch a rugby game at that point? No, like it's tough. Like you can see with our schedule this year, we started the season three games on the road, which didn't help again with the chemistry and everything. So those type of things, it's a tough thing that we have to get over, a hurdle we have to get over playing in here in Utah. But going forward, it's like it's part of our DNA, like us as Utahns growing up here and now people that we've adopted into Utah by playing with the Warriors, like they learn pretty quickly that it's about being tough and uh, being able to fight off this cold and unpredictable weather and just living with it and using it to our advantage. A couple of years ago, I want to say it was 2019, played NOLA in late February and they were like, maybe you remember, like six inches of snow and it's like, can we not do this? <laughs> again and luckily we haven't and i don't think we ever will but nick we're looking forward to the uh the end of the season this week at dallas as you mentioned then the collegiate rugby shield coming up july 2nd that's going to be awesome thanks for joining the program yeah thanks for having me nick calling assistant gm of the utah warriors and the founder of the collegiate rugby shield that's it man i'm stoked for that that's gonna be awesome and you can watch it on fs1 if you're local hey come out uh come out see some fireworks see some great uh, rugby some of these great prospects it'll be awesome I'm sure we'll have a couple locals, right, from uh, some of the local colleges, Utah and UVU and Utah State and BYU, perhaps. We'll see uh, what we get, but that'll be awesome. A reminder as we end the program, you can sign up uh, and reserve your 2023 season tickets. Call 801-477-7652, 801-477-7652. Had some great games at home. Warriors were awesome at home. Finished 4-4, four and four, beat some really good teams. It was great. Get your season tickets. Come hang out with us if you haven't already. It's going to be awesome. Okay, that'll do it for the show. We'll talk to you on the radio for Utah Warriors uh, season finale at Dallas. Cool FM 105.5 ESPN 960. Six Mountain Time Saturday night. You can also watch it on KJAZ in Utah. Stream on kslsports.com and the Rugby Network. Don't forget to like and share this episode of Dub Nation. Follow the Utah Warriors on social media. Our thanks to Connor Burns, Sake Tukuafu, and Nick Colling. Because guess what? I needed some company on this one. And it was fun. Banksy, we miss you. We'll see you next week. Today's show was produced by Billy Rathule and Mason Benson. For our guests and those guys, I'm Jerem Jordan. Go Warriors!